This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. You're listening to the Jersey Cool. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And today we're switching it up and we are jumping off the big screen and onto the small screen. Thanks to our friend Liz Williams, who is joining us today. Hey, um, everybody. Hi. And we joining us from Scariest Things Podcast. Please check them out. Um, yes, both their website and their podcast. Uh, they are. I stand you guys. I'm not gonna lie. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, I. One of my favorite things about Scariest Things, Liz, is that I walk away from every episode with a huge to-do list of movies I need to watch. Yeah. <laughs> some good, um, some bad. Yep. And Liz, I have to thank you for this, too, because I was whining, as per usual, about not having anything good to watch. And you were like, yo, check out Swarm. Yep. And, and this is where we are today. Yeah. And then, in turn, Marissa said, you need to watch Swarm. And I said, okay. So, um, and I think blanket statement spoilers abound if you have not watched all seven episodes of swarm you should do that and then you come back and then you listen because we are going to get into the nitty-gritty of every episode and we are going to spoil the shit out of this and it's an easy watch seven episodes you're like oh Mm -hmm. seven hours no they're like 30 minutes a piece so yeah Mm -hmm. you're really just like one lord of the rings time wise yeah yeah it's it's a quick afternoon i Mm -hmm. i and that's coming from someone who doesn't often get a lot of binge time and this is a 2023 joint, uh, Amazon yep. Prime. So do me a favor, press that pause, go watch it, and then come back and listen and yeah. along with us. Um, this is created by uh, Jamie Neighbors and Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, a.k.a. back to Donald Glover. Yep. Um, I never know which one he's going by, but two really fucking awesome creators, in my humble opinion. Agreed. Donald Glover is, I mean, chef's kiss. Like, there's kind mm-hmm. of nothing he can't do right now. He keeps delivering, like, comedy, drama, music. I'm here for Donald Glover. Oh, my God. So true. And both of them were on, uh, worked on ATL Atlanta, yes. which is an amazing show, too, um, that I just started, actually. Um, and this was billed as a horror comedy. You guys, I don't, uh, I don't yeah, think I saw it's that really too. I saw, yeah. I saw dark comedy, but then right under it, it said psychological thriller. And I said, well, that seems more appropriate. I don't even consider that. Yeah, this can't even be considered dark comedy. Like I, this I, is, I so no, no, no. Like we're going to, we're going to call this horror. We're going to call this psychological thriller, but we're not going to go in the realm of comedy. I don't think. I think like the only time I laughed is during one of the episodes when they make so for people who ha- or hopefully everybody's seen this because you've come back, but this is really them. They open every single episode with a disclaimer on the screen that says this is not a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead or actual events is intentional because this is kind of loosely based on Beyonce and her fandom. So the main character musician Naja is Beyonce Mm -hmm. and the only time I left is when they make a direct reference to the infamous bite and at the end of the episode these two (laughs) guys are like that girl looks like the girl from love and basketball who is supposedly the actual biter of Beyonce and I like fell out but my husband who I'm watching it with is like why are you laughing I was like yeah you don't understand yeah I laughed (laughs) hard at that too I la- 
I gotta be honest, I had a few really hard laughs, but there was so much dreariness that I, even in my moments of laughter, they were almost just cathartic moments of a break from the tension of the show. And just the quick elevator pitch of this, yeah, as Liz mentioned, it follows an increasingly unstable fan super duper fan mm-hmm. of this fictional Naja who is definitely Beyonce. Um, yeah. And she basically starts murdering the shit out of people and becomes yeah. like almost a serial killer slash spree killer. Um, and as the show progresses, to me, it takes on like a David Lynch vibe. Like it gets a little surreal towards the mm-hmm. end. And then it completely shifts gears and goes into a faux uh, crime documentary. And just then it goes back to, episode. oh, just, and that's one of my favorite episodes to be yeah. fair. Yeah. And I just feel like every episode evolves so interestingly that like the show as a whole is just such an interesting exercise and like cool, like filmmaking for lack of a better term. Like it's just so cool the way they are so experimental in everything they do with this show. And yeah, yeah I think yeah. Liz got like 12 messages. I was like, wait, is that real? Wait, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's crazy. So I was doing like a little bit of research on the show because everybody's like, is it based on a true story? Like the actual killings or anything? And um, Janine Neighbors said that like, so she came up with the idea because she's from Houston, as is Beyonce. And supposedly there were like internet rumors of a girl named Marissa Jackson, who is the name of Dre, our main character's sister in the um, show. So supposedly this girl killed herself after listening to Beyonce's concept album Lemonade because it confirmed that Beyonce had been cheated on. And like, who can live in a world where Beyonce is cheated on? Like, what hope do any of us have <laughs> if Beyonce is not good enough? So uh, oh that's where that's she so like, kind of came with like, okay, these fans are crazy, the Bay Hive or whatever. And so they kind of wove all these internet rumors about stands, crazy, crazy fans into this series. And as the episodes progress, the killings, they kind of start as, wait, you don't like nausea, so I have to take it out on you. And then they get really sad. Like the last episode yeah. is so sad. So yeah. it it does go kind of Lynchian and change oh its form throughout. Yes, it evolves through each episode, which keeps it so fucking interesting. Yes. Like the first episode felt like an, uh, it could be ATL and then it just got mm-hmm. more and more like it, it's just so brilliant. And Dominique Fishback, if she doesn't get <sighs> fucking nominated, I know. I'm rioting, yeah. like literally rioting because she was just brilliant. in this. I'm hoping she would because since this is TV, maybe there's a little less like. It's not going to be a Tony Collette and Hereditary where we're not even going to acknowledge like the horror right. genre. Ah, so maybe so since this is Donald Glover and this is TV, you know, fingers crossed. I mean, this show opened South by Southwest. So yeah. that's how I got to see it. We got screeners from Amazon. And then it was the Friday night opener after like the big. I don't even remember what. The, oh, Dungeons and Dragons. So it was, like, oh, Dungeons gotcha. and, Dragons okay. and then Swarm at the big theater. So, I mean, the money. And stuff that Amazon put behind this. I yeah. It's up for some awards. Me too. And I hope it gets the recognition for just how good, uh, at least I think it is. And again, I'm going to put the caveat in that we are definitely three people who are not black. So we are, yeah. you know, I mean, I do identify as a person of color, but that's obviously as a Latina, it is not, I'm not going to make comparisons there. But so there are a lot of things that I do want to dive into, especially this misogynoir claim against it, which I'd love to jump into in a bit. But my big my big theme I'd like to jump into with the show for you guys is this idea of insane fandom because Donald Glover also said that some of the experiences in the show were based on things he experienced with the first, with Redbone and like his first album as Childish Gambino. And if y'all haven't listened to it, holy fuck, go do that, that song is, it is amazing. That whole Red album Bones is one of my favorites. Oh, so brilliant. I love his music too, Me which too. is weird because I never thought I'd love him as like as much as a musician as I do as an actor. But he and he said that people get fucking weird. And yeah. I believe it. <laughs> I totally believe it. And yeah, a lot of even like the fight with the sister, like so much of the stuff that is in the show mirrors the ba- the beehive and the mm-hmm. bayhive and all that crap. But here's the thing. I'm a I'm a I'm a Swifty, y'all. I am embarrassed to admit it. I fucking love me some T Swift. I'm not gonna go kill anybody. Uh, over it I do try to shove it down people's throats like poor Jackie more than I should but uh, I I guess it's weird I feel like it's awkward to be an adult who's that much of a standstill and that's a big theme in the story so my first question for you both is have you ever been a huge fan of any I mean, like you know new kids or you know Backstreet new kids Boys for my or... age was definitely new kids I mean it was yeah, like me new too. edition 
kind of menudo a little bit and then yeah. new kids came along for my yeah. age but no I saw them once but now I can't even think of someone I would pay like more than $200 to see to be honest the oh, most man. I've seen is Tori Amos and I'm definitely not going to murder anybody for her no yeah. no she I love you Tori you. I grew up with you <laughs> yeah I needed you girlfriend but I'm not going to murder for Tori Amos same. same I'm not murdered for any of them including Taylor Swift I do love me some Taylor but and and I see like I like that my my daughters are like going through a fandom that feels very innocent and yeah. cutesy, um, and I think that's part of why I love this whole thing so much. But I, I guess is this a, a female phenomenon? Like that's my other question that I'm posing to to the I think team. Probably mostly. I, I like, see. I don't think it is because I think this just ties into well. Maybe not. I, my 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 initial thought is that it kind of just ties into the toxic fandom yeah. of so many different things. I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head of like when the female Ghostbusters movie came out and mm -hmm. the toxic fandom of the hardcore Ghostbusters fans that were like, fuck this movie because women can't do it. Like, And, and the problem became it's because women are in it. And that was a lot of criticism of some of the fans that it was because it was women. Um, so I don't want to speak to toxic fandom in that direction, but I feel like that there is some like in, in like the the people that love the the Marvel movies like that, when you get like a Marvel versus DC thing. Um, now I don't know, like I said, I and I I don't know if I'm I'm saying that right because it's like I don't think that those people will kill for those properties, <laughs> like those those IPs, but Firebad asked me to kill yeah, for you know, but yeah, I absolutely the same, would. Out of what I feel like in that situation, it's like, you know, you've got a keyboard warrior that'll take you down. And they kind of show that in this movie where it's like they'll sit there and tweet and they'll be mm -hmm, like a fuck mm -hmm. nausea, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, that's your big play. Like you're gonna do that. And then Dre's like, All right, well, here's my big play. But like so good. So I think. I guess the reason I think it's more of a girl thing being one, I don't know the teenage boy experience, but like teenage girls emotions are crazy. And also I feel like there's nothing scarier, meaner than a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. And I've been one and I've been around teenage girls. And like one quote that they said, like that Dre says about nausea when um, someone's, you know, saying like she's not that great she said she knows what we're thinking and she gives it a name and like that's why she's obsessed with her so I was like that's just that teenage girl hormonal rage but for Dre and the show like it started with her and Marissa being together and obsessed with nausea and that was something they did and like she just never grew out of it that's that's the fascinating part for me like yeah. are we supposed to grow out of fandom and is is not growing out of it indicative of a bigger problem of like facing reality or something yes, she is yes. definitely not oh, facing reality right yeah. she's so dissociated and so yeah. unstable and unwell and the mental health piece of it is also a part yes. of it that i think brings a lot of empathy like you wind up she's such an anti-hero but you wind up um and yes i did i said anti-hero because i'm a taylor swift fan <laughs> um <laughs> Jackie doesn't even get that joke. That's I my favorite it. part. I, is that yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I make the face because the, the fact that you even would tag hero to Dre at all is like, why can't she? She's a villain. She is a villain, but there's something empathetic yeah. about her for me. And they said, um, Janine Neighbors in Vanity Fair said that she and Glover were intent on, quote, creating an anti-hero story through the lens of a modern day black woman. So, yes, I, I don't. I think she is an anti-hero. Like you, I think she is too. You're rooting I think you, for her mentally you and personally, but not for, I am rooting for her, her not to kill more people. Not to kill more people. Like to get the help she needs. I'm rooting for yeah. her to catch oh, her. Oh, sure. sure. Come on. When she starts dating, uh, what's the character's name? uh in the last episode oh in the last episode i um, want that Rashida. to work out no, yeah yes. no it yeah. bummed me out that she fucked it up but that's what a villain would do that's but not that an anti-hero which is the saddest one she doesn't listen to her saying like i don't like nausea she kind of yeah. lets it go oh. at the beginning because they're still together yeah. and then she buys these tickets but rashida is a bitch about she's it she's a real bitch that reaction she's abusively over the top yeah. and like and what abusive. are you dumb what are you stupid mm -hmm. i said i don't like her I mean, couldn't you just say like, all right, I'll go sit. Thanks, the but no. show? Well, that's that was so <laughs> funny. It's so funny you say that because in that scene, I was like, and Jackie, here's my argument for why she is an antihero. In my head, I'm like, all right, well, now you do deserve it a little bit when she kills you because you don't have to call her dumb. You don't have to yeah. like. I mean, I just I felt like 
like she was being a little abusy and gaslighty. Okay, I get like listen, I've gone to plenty of concerts I didn't want to go to because my mm-hmm. husband liked the band. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have been pissed if it was my birthday and he did that. Yeah, but, but you know, like happy birthday, I got you these amazing tickets yeah. that you okay, right. Like, but your, rea- your reaction isn't to strangle him and kill him. Depends yeah. on the day. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking to toxic fandom, one of the things that I find fascinating is we never really get to know Nija other than the personality. Like, mm-hmm. there's never a scene that shows us who she is, whether she's a good person, whether she's a bad person. And I think oh, that's yeah. such an interesting choice because, you know, don't, don't, don't be your heroes, right? Like, yeah. I, but, but also, uh, Dre doesn't know. They yeah, only she just know has the this pedestal persona and, of, yeah, Naja. I, I like that they showed every time they show Naja, it was clearly from Dre's lens. And yeah. it's just this picturesque, beautiful perfection of talent and woman and everything about her and i did like that they that we yeah we never got to see any flaws we saw mm-hmm. her through dre's eyes and all we saw was perfection because that's like you you can't argue with dre that there is a flaw to nausea like right. I, she says it at one point like there's no song that isn't great i love them all there's no album that fails she's she is absolute goddess walking the earth yeah when and that's stripped to that one song is my favorite oh my god when Me she starts too. out as a like little baby beginner stripper and they're just like no I'm, girl like you can make more money at mcdonald's you are the worst stripper and it's this it's like I've she's never stripping to this more. sad <laughs> song <laughs> i've never related to a character harder in my life because ha- if i ever tried to strip that is exactly what it would look like and yeah. i would think it was so deep and so, like, I would be in my own head so good. Dude, I <laughs> see, and I, re- I really do. Jackie, it's so interesting because I relate to Dre on a lot of scary levels. I really do. I mean, the, other than the, the I don't murder people, there are a lot of things about her mental health and her escapism that, es- that spoke to a younger me, that spoke to my own fandom. Um, again, I don't, like, it's not like I'm, like, I have a wall of Taylor Swift posters anymore. But if I was 13, I would. My daughters yeah. do. You know, and they do think she's flawless and perfect. And like, you know, so it's it's interesting to think that maybe what the line between totally normal standing and mental health problem standing is is age. And I find that fascinating. And also now, like with the Internet and stuff, I mean, when I was a teenage girl, we didn't have the Internet. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to see point. the new kids on the block, you were watching MTV or Nick Rocks when Nickelodeon used to have like a music video show. Yeah. First place I saw Wham and I was like, that's it. I need a boyfriend with tight jeans and feather yep. hair. And that is <laughs> and it. They were so they were <sighs> so not dangerous, not threatening no, to 13 year olds because exactly. they were so zesty. That's and then, like by the time I had posters on my wall, I was like, I had pictures of Axl Rose and like Brett Michael and his yeah. stupid bandana like laying by a pool. Like yeah. I, I was into like hair metal guys. So oh, it's just I think it's different now. I had Corey Feldman on my wall, so I'm not judging. I I had <laughs> I like Tame better. I was a, I yeah. was Tame over oh, Feldman. See now there. I was into the Corys. Yeah. I I was Jonathan Brandis. I had multiple he was a sweet baby Jonathan yeah. Brandis. Like I you know it's like you get the posters mm-hmm. from Scholastic Book Fair. Yep. But then, like, you're ripping out pages from Tiger Beat and mm-hmm. Bop Magazine. Uh, yeah, for me, it was Jonathan Brandis and JTT. And who knows what we would have been if we had the internet to yep. make this even... Like, we had such a strong sense of community, and all we had was Tiger Beat. Could you imagine if, like, you then well, added, like, the internet to that? Where I could go false, on and talk to others? There's like, this yeah. false sense of familiarity that you would have mm-hmm. with the celebrity. Like, I can pick up my phone right now and I can, you know, tweet, I don't fucking whoever, you know. Like, I'll A-T-T. shoot a DM to Pearl Jam on, yeah. on Instagram and I can tell them how much I love them and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if some random intern reads that, but I see that little check mark that it's been read, well, then I, you know... Eddie Vedder just read my yeah. letter and yeah. you know he's he we have a connection you know I listened to that song that they sang and like it was like they were singing to me because I understand it it's almost like there's this weird element of you molding this art that they're giving us into like my own agenda kind of thing mm-hmm. it's like well yeah. I heard this song and well they're speaking to me and it's about this thing for me and there's this weird narcissistic way that we kind of take their art that they're giving to everybody but they it's it's for me it's about us and i think that that is part of the thing like the dre takes it to the nth degree because she's like 
not you were saying like she she wrote that so you know nausea wrote the song and it's so relatable and it's like you know it's like we're the same person and we go right. through the same experiences and yeah i think that is where that the line moves from you know really super fan and like the dre fan but i think also like in the context of the show like dre not outgrowing the nausea <laughs> fandom is like as you learn throughout the show and if we are spoiling, like, you know, Marissa is her sister, but it turns out she was like a foster sister and they're they're living together. But the foster parents like can't stand Dre because she had some. I love problems the with way violence, that... but like it's keeping her and Marissa together, that fandom. So yes. I love the way that the story dead, did that. Yeah. Because you're like, are they sisters at the beginning? You're like, OK, they can't mm -hmm. just be friends because right. I don't feel like they yeah. put up with each other kind of and when they kick right? her out so of the weird. Yeah. When they yeah, like you don't know why they kicked her out of the yeah. funeral. And I love that they waited till almost the end of the series to yeah, fully like the explain to the backstory. Episode. Yeah. But and they didn't even give you all of it because you know that there is some sort of trauma. Right. But we don't really know all of it because we only get to you know meet dre mm -hmm. in the past when she's in the false you know or when she's been you know taken in by marissa's family right and it's like we don't even know what happened before that and clearly there may have been some trauma or or something going on and i love that they don't i like when they don't fully we don't have to have a full explanation for no. anything i like that there is ambiguity, ambiguity. thank you well the, ambiguity. To almost every character even to yeah. marissa so like yeah she takes her own life we know that she's attempted that in the past like because she has you know cuts on her wrist but like why but you don't like, see it coming you yeah, don't see it yeah. Coming. yeah and then that's kind of what holds dre to like oh well now it's gonna be this guy's fault who said she's a stupid idiot for doing this she didn't he didn't use the word idiot um yeah. you know because of the fandom like no it wasn't because of nausea's album it was because her boyfriend was cheating because her boyfriend her and, right and she had mental health mentally, issues yeah, yeah mentally unstable so i really liked how through all the episodes it wasn't just dre it was almost yeah. every character everybody had serious mental issues even the ones that think they're helping people uh, work on their mental issues which yes. i don't know if that's Can we good, dive there into are that some real quick? amazing cameos in yeah this there show. are oh my oh gosh oh my gosh well that's and that that particular episode well first of all paris yeah. jackson i was paris like holy shit jackson <laughs> yes paris jackson is a stripper who yeah. makes so many clever wink nod comments about her life and her father and yeah. all this other shit in her episode so if no other reason she it's worth it's worth its weight right there yeah. but then billy ellish rocks yeah. a fucking awesome role and, and i'm not even a, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like the, their little hippie commune is mm -hmm. so tempting so tempting to me so um, i have i have to interject to say that i so i watched the first three episodes and i thought that they were good but mm -hmm. i know that marissa was like i binged it i loved it and so i watched the first three and i was like it's good. I like it. I don't know if I'm going to sit down and binge it. Like I'll get to the rest, whatever. And then I was like, you know what? No, like, let me, let me keep on keeping on. There's seven episodes. They're not long. And so I started watching episode four and it was on episode four where I got hooked yeah. and I ended up binging the rest that day at work, but I'm texting Marissa while I'm watching it. And at one point I'm like, I love this little like hippie commune. I'm like, I hope this works out. I don't okay. know what's going to happen for the rest of the show, yeah. but I'm like, I hope she stays. <laughs> Because I'm like, this is really sweet. Like, I hope that this, like, is a she turning point for her. She literally texted me. I really hope this works out. And I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I didn't think that Such she'd be running them over with her yeah. car oh multiple God. times. Because but that's, arguably... like, the first one where it doesn't have to do with nausea. Yeah. Right, He's just right. kind of like, I got to well, get out of I here mean, and get to, to Bonnaroo. <laughs> to a degree, it does because they kept her from yeah, nausea. Yeah, from nausea. She's, yeah, they're she all supposed to be yeah. going to Bonnaroo to see yeah. nausea. And when they bring her into like this kind of cult-like environment, um, at some point, you know, she's like, wait a minute, what day is it? Like, yeah. did like, yeah. I'm yeah. supposed to be, I came here to see nausea at Bonnaroo. And they're trying to, you know, they said that she's free to go, but like she gets like they're taking her, they're keeping her from nausea and from that experience. And yeah, she she loses her shit and she starts Kills running them. people over. Yep. <laughs> Run them over. Yeah. This whole cult theme comes up a lot in this show. Mm -hmm. And I want to kind of dive into it because 
for me, it's like fandom now is very cult. Like, like I was reading this story mm-hmm. about, and I didn't know this ha- this existed when it happened, but apparently there was a hashtag when One Direction was about to break up that Zayn Malik was leaving the band and fans started cutting themselves and a hashtag trended, cut for Zayn. Oh, and ki- like kids who were obsessed with One Direction literally started cutting themselves to try to stop the band from breaking up. And this reminds me of like, even like, the whole Taylor Swift dating Matt Healy thing, like where the fans were like burning her albums because how dare she be with a scumbag? And he is a scumbag, but I think it's his persona, she whatever. She just needs new material, y'all. Like she'll yeah. put it out on her next album. Like, what is she like going to do? supposed to do? Don't come at her, Liz. I, yeah. You know, don't make me go dry on you. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, I think it, it takes a huge commitment and that builds into the cult-like mentality. So I'm going to quote NPR writer Aisha Harris here because she said, like the fandom, it's satirizing, critiquing. Swarm speech, speaks a language all its own, one that requires being constantly online, knowing your memes and gifts, and staying up on your Black celeb gossip to even begin to unpack this show fully. Mm-hmm. And I tend to agree. I think that, Jackie, why part of the reason why at first it didn't hook you is because you're not as pop culturally obsessed as I am mm-hmm. in that way. And, and as far as modern pop culture goes, you really take a strong pass. Like, you don't, like, you're the only person I can know, I know, who I, if you quote Antihero, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Um, and I love you for that, don't get me wrong. But I think there's a psychology here to this, like, there is a shared narrative, like, mm-hmm. that these fans share now that makes them so much more, like, powerful and obsessive. And I think the internet has so much, I'm totally going to blame the internet for that yeah. because... And I think it's good in a way that these kids can find a place to belong and find a commonality. But man, this shit gets scary real quick. Because it goes both ways. You mm-hmm. can find that commonality, but then it's super easy to take it way, way, way too far, which I think they yeah. kind of addressed in the episode um, Falling Through the Cracks, which was their like fake true crime documentary. Yeah, and they had it. that one fan who was like, I don't think I'd kill for her. And he's like, would I uh, like uh, maybe that's no me. no that's me. too far right like, <laughs> I loved the I also loved that detective so much oh, the part where she's oh like God. there were spicy talkies and there was like she's like this is a black girl like oh, yeah she's yeah. oh so God. good yeah the way that about she character. the way that she figures out things that the other you know basically like white male detectives couldn't figure out yeah I love that moment yeah the spicy talkies and the bonnet oh my God she's yes. like her name this is, is Heather Alicia Sims. I don't know what oh. else she has been in, but oh but my she God. was perfection. She was. Yeah. That was such a good episode. Oh, mostly Broadway it was, stuff. It was so clever because, of course, you know, they're saying that the show is like, you know, it's it's, you know, representative. And but when they did this episode, they went so far as having different actors mm-hmm. as Dre and as Marissa and they showed Ooh. different people to make it look even more so like the show swarm is about these people but yeah. these maybe are the real people because they use completely different actors completely and the fact people. that you know it's like you know dre is still you know if you see her please contact us here's her picture and like the, again it was a completely different actress so and brilliant it was and every time they said nausea they beeped her. it out like so they weren't oh, even yeah. saying like the name of the celebrity yeah it was it, so everything good, was just yeah the writing in this show it's really brilliant. blew me away and 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 i am not one to often remember quotes and i'm going to slightly paraphrase it but it was episode four it was the cult episode mm-hmm. when um uh eva or uh, billy uh yeah. ellish is talking to dre and like they're going through that whole thing about you know like what's your name like and she's trying to center her and they're yeah. like talking about all their truths and i think she asked her about death or if she was afraid of death or something and then again i'm paraphrasing but I, I i had texted marissa this one like kind of blown away and i love when dre says that she's not afraid of death and there's something about i forget exactly how but she says in death we're all equal like it's something that happens to everybody it doesn't matter who you are where you're right. from what you look like yeah he does like in death we are all equal and that blew me away like the writing like the story and the writing honestly my my distaste not even distaste but like the first couple episodes i'm a very character driven person and i pretty much hated every character Mm -hmm. couldn't stand marissa was not even sad that she died Mm -hmm. dre was 
annoying and obnoxious. And I had no, like, I have such a hard time with people that are like people pleasers to that degree. Like she left her job because what's his nuts was like, come on, come help me find a present. Like, come with me, come. And like, she didn't have the ability to say no. I'm working like I can't leave like she I I did not like any of the characters in the beginning and obviously they grew on me and as the show developed and there were character arcs and the whole nine but yeah my my biggest problem in the beginning was that like I didn't like any of the characters so it was hard for me to like stay in the story and and you know follow along with it because I'm just like you, you you die I don't care you can die well, you can be killed I, I don't like- care yeah the boyfriend um khalid he's a piece of crap mm-hmm, so yeah. we don't care when he gets yeah. it. yeah like same the marissa dre relationship was just weird because you're trying to figure it out i'm like wait dre mm-hmm. seems like i was like is she supposed to be like I, I didn't know if there is was romantic care love? of her is she like a, there was a lot of yeah, questioning what's of her, going on yeah. there and then of her mental yeah like her IQ like is she you know but she takes advantage of her also like you know she has no money but she's like go get us whatever it was yeah. called, like Frenchies which is probably like a famous Houston place that we just don't mm-hmm. know and like yeah <laughs> cover for me at the t-shirt kiosk mm-hmm. where I work oh where I go no like a makeup gig and they're like mad when she comes in all late and weird and she's like the weed made me late it was like yeah. oh, girl that was like 24 hours earlier <laughs> it wasn't I the love, weed there are so but many lines of I hers know. that make me hmm. she's so cute but another thing I thought was crazy is in almost every episode Dre is changing her name yeah so she's mm-hmm. Dre her she's Carmen when she strips she's Shanice She's Kayla when she's going to Bonnaroo. So she's fitting in with all these, you know, hippie white girls named totally. and Ava <laughs> yeah. and everything. And then she's Tony when she yeah. decides that she has she's to really like gender- yeah. hide and be gender fluid. And so I was like, that's she doesn't even know who she is. Like, we're trying mm-hmm. to figure out who she is. She doesn't and even that's... know. And she's fitting the mold just to is it to fit in? Is it to hide so she can kill people? Because she starts out with just kind of avenging people who talk bad about Marissa and Naja and then just it like, evolves no. from there yeah, yeah. It, it evolves from there so I just yeah. think it's fascinating the way they got so much pop culture into this oh like God, with yeah. Paris Jackson I mean Halsey with Nexium <laughs> with Beyonce like just all this stuff that with yeah the maybe Tiffany Haddish references yes. like everything is so clever and it's it, and the true oh. crime obsession and like everything yes, I, everything I just and thought it getting, was like so layered and so creative. Oh gosh, me too. I feel like every I could watch it again and find yeah. so much more to take out yeah. of it. And speaking to Dre's identity, one of the things that I was like kind of floored by was all the criticism that came to Donald Glover because he directed her and said, "quote Think of think of your character as more of an animal and less of a person." Because uh, Dominique Fishback kept giving too much empathy to the character, and they wanted mm-hmm. her to be you know, dangerous and a serial killer and someone who you ultimately realize is the villain. But I think this is part of the beauty and part of the layering is this idea of she is so unmolded and she is so damaged. And the only thing that has ever ever tethered her to other people is Nyjah. And so what happens when someone who is so mentally unstable and probably does have very many learning disabilities and (laughs) and other things becomes, you know, unraveled and you know i thought that the beauty of how like you said she changes her identity in literally every episode Mm -hmm. is to me part of the beauty of the show and part of why i find myself sympathizing with her is because of her like how much did you feel bad for her when she was doing the cowboy song like yeah oh my god jackie you never felt any empathy for dre i felt empathy for her i'm a human being but like i don't i don't i don't i'm a human being yeah I don't feel empathy for her to the point where I'm like, oh, like, I mean, yeah. Who who hasn't had a, an embarrassing fucked up moment from when you right. were a kid? Like anybody, I think. I get a cowboy hat, I got booed off stage as a person of color. I knew better. Dude, if I would have rocked a cowboy song in my super hood, all Latino school, I would have been literally beat up. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not a unique situation to the point where it's like, oh, she tried and she got laughed at. Like, I think everybody has an embarrassing.
Yes. I know. I'm super excited her. to see her. So She's Freddy. so wonderful. Freddy. Yeah. So. Fucking Freddy, dude. I love that show. <laughs> but just how they just keep showing through every kind of family thing what she didn't have. But you still never get her whole backstory. Yeah. What happens when she you doesn't, don't fit in? Right? She doesn't fit. Yeah, she yeah. absolutely doesn't, she doesn't fit in. When you do anywhere. not fit in anywhere. And that is, to me, the most dangerous person in our society. And I don't use dangerous negatively. I use dangerous as a cry for help. Because mm-hmm. what's making these people so dangerous is the lack of resources available to them in our country. And I'm going to like get on my political high horse for just a hot second there because someone like Dre has no real place to get the help she needs. And I think that's why I found so much empathy and I had so much sympathy for her because so many people like that wind up doing such bad things. And then they, they never, they just are seen as the villains when really they are victims. And I'm not excusing their behavior. I'm not, you know, but there, there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, maybe she could have been saved by, you know, like she had nausea. If not, if that power would have somehow been funneled into something more, you know, reasonable and not just a pop star, right, <laughs> you know, right, she right. might have been okay. But then again, maybe that's what the relationship with uh, Rashida shows is that it wouldn't have been okay. Now, I, I think we have to dive into the criticism of the show because there's a lot okay. of it out there. Um, I have I ignored learned- it like a stand <laughs> yeah. for this show, and I have looked the other way. <laughs> right, right. Like a good fan, yeah. you did what you had to I was do. Like, I'm just going to tell everybody to watch this show. Don't fuck it, yeah. And ignore and everything most- else. <laughs> <laughs> the the coolest one that I learned of, because I'm going to admit here that I, as a, you know, as an academic, as a feminist, I'm always learning, is I learned a new phrase in the noir that I did not really know much about. And the article that really opened my eyes was a 2023 article by Kira Timo called Swarm Puts Misogynoir on Full Display. And I'm going to link that, of course, in the notes like everything else. But basically, they've gotten a lot of negative feedback from uh, the Black community and a lot of people of color. And Glover basically said that, like, he didn't help it at all by treating this character as such a villain and treating her like an animal. And so uh, the, the coining of misogynoir was from a Northwestern professor, Moya Bailey, and she's interviewed in the article. And she basically says that Swarm is exactly the fucking problem. And she calls Fishback Stray a grotesque and monstrous person, someone irredeemable and so delusional and unwell that it makes it hard for the audience to have empathy for her, which is Jackie's point. The mm-hmm. depiction of her and the way other black women are portrayed in the film is, quote, frustrating and it's basically reinforcing the world's misogyny towards specifically black women. And the article mm-hmm. goes on to talk about how basically you can't find a good black female character, even in shows written and produced and made by black people. And that having this unhinged black monster animal like character killing white women and black men, which is mostly who she kills mm-hmm. in the show for not liking a black superstar is a very problematic show so i want to throw that out there for us to chew on a little bit um i i think that there is something to be said for uh the the whole like feminists are guilty of often being too white in our you know approach to feminism i think that that's very fair i think that there is a contempt and a problem with black women in our society and if you don't believe me look at some of the anti beyonce like Mm-hmm. sentiments out there like I was blown away at how many people hate on Beyonce I'm like what the fuck is wrong with you people she is a queen and an icon I would go as far as to call her a goddess like she is above mortal in my head not gonna kill for her right. but she's above mortal so many white people take issue with Beyonce and I think it's it's laden with racism oh so 100% and like jealousy and racism like yeah, she, how I mean, could she be she's Beyonce yeah. um, she's Right. How could Beyonce. you hate on Beyonce? I don't yeah. get it. But so many white people take issue with her because of her power and because of who she is and because she's black and doing that. Um, so my question is, I guess, is this a misogynistic show? Is it problematic? Or maybe we don't get to say because we're not we're not black. I don't yeah, know. I was going to say, I'm like, I think we can only go so far because we're not we can't we don't know that experience. We yeah. don't let I that. can't yeah. see it through that lens at yeah. all. Correct. So the I'm just going to go misogynistic yeah. one. I personally i didn't see misogyny like and i'll call out shows like that i can't speak to the noir piece of the misogyny but like just for the anti-woman that didn't come across to me because actually there's all the characters that have any kind of development are women the guys are just throwaways Oh, totally. Literal throwaways. They're, 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 yeah, yeah, they're to be murdered. And that's yeah. really all they are. <laughs> like, that is all they are. But 
Yeah, I can't speak to the black experience watching this show. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and trust whatever they say and yeah. say yes. Because as, yeah. as we've said on the show time and time again, if somebody in that living that experience says so, I'm going to believe it. Right, right. But um, as far, I, I'm with you on that, Liz. As far as misogyny, I, I don't know that I see this as an anti-woman show. I think in a weird way, I understand their criticism because we don't need, but I think the, the female detective kind of, to me, she's a great character. She's oh, an amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is nothing misogynistic about her. She is in charge of that narrative and in charge of that investigation. And she's someone who cares enough when these people are being murdered to go hunt this woman down. And right. while there is an irony to them hunting each other or her hunting Dre, I think it's an incredibly empowering character. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe like, so at the end of that episode, they actually have Donald Glover coming on in an interview <laughs> saying yeah. he's making a show about Dre commenting back on this fake true crime show. So maybe so meta. kind of that, that it's a man making this show about her. It's a good argument. I like that. real life in real life, like the actual writing of the show, it's not just a man. Largely a female, right? It's largely a female. Yeah, it's interesting. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know either, but there are a lot of haters and and Glover and most of the crew has gotten a lot of negative feedback from this, particularly from, yeah, particularly from the black community. And I do see a lot of the, listen, white people are going to watch this and it's just going to perpetuate negative stereotypes. I do get it. I do. But it's such a well know. done I show. I see this. This show is so good, and I don't see yeah. it as like a stereo. I don't find Same. anything stereotypical about it at all, except yeah. for the white girls in the cult. Those are the most yeah. stereotypical. <laughs> yeah, the girls at Bonnaroo were show. yeah the, the only thing that of like <laughs> we're out farming and ringing our chimes and going on a hot like I mean and I mean cricket. I mean that. That was those right. were the stereotypical yeah. ones. Dre, and I'm here for those. Yeah, has no stereotype. Yeah. At all. I've never seen a character like her. That's one of the reasons That's why I was take. so attracted. Yeah. To I the show. and I always and I mean yes. again, this is me coming from the white person stance. Right. Yeah, but I like, have no idea. I I always have a problem when a a person's like race or sexual identity gets in the way of the deeds they do. It's like you know we can't have someone. We can't have a, a black woman be the killer. Like that's, you know, that's somehow racist or misogynistic. Or we can't have someone who identifies as trans be a killer because and it's like mm-hmm. to me, it's like it's not about their their identity has nothing to do with yeah, their but that's because my I agree with what you're saying to an extent, but that's because you as a human being do not put the lens of the race or the gender or the sexuality on it. Whereas unfortunately, a lot of society will. And unfortunately, a lot of society will apply the lens of... So like, I get frustrated when I see a Latina character, and I'll use my own ethnicity as an example here, portrayed as like, you know, uh, uneducated or portrayed as criminalistic or portrayed as, you know, uh, with a thick, heavy accent. Because to me, like, that's just promoting problematic stereotypes about people that I wish didn't exist. So I think that in a way, it's wonderful that we are moving towards a space where it wouldn't matter, but we're still living in a moment, as we can see with all this attacks on LGBTQ people, where it does matter. It does, like, the negative... So I understand the misogynoir stance that Mm -hmm. we don't need to see an animalistic Black person portrayed on a movie, but I'm with both of you in this, especially what Liz said about, like, I've never seen a character like Dre. And while yeah. her her being black is so relevant, and I love right. seeing an all black show get attention and get you know, I I think you can't strip away the fact that it is a black person. And I don't. I wish we were lived in Jackie. I love that you live in that world. It's one of the million things I love about you. But the but the rest of the universe doesn't. So you have to be like, well, you can remove that lens because you're yeah. just a great person and don't see it that way. The rest of society isn't going to be that cool. I think maybe they try to address that a little bit in is it episode two? That's the Paris Jackson episode, like when she Mm -hmm. starts with the strippers and Paris Jackson, you know, she says like something about being black and Dre looks at her and she's like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm half black. And she's I mean, it's Paris Jackson. She's very, very, very light skin. And then she's like, well, that's why my stage name is Halsey. And she's like, what? Like I had to go down the Internet rabbit hole on that one. I was like, I know who Halsey is, but I was like, (laughs) I didn't know she is like identifying as black. I was like, okay, so maybe they try to address that a little bit there. And Paris Jackson doesn't end up. (laughs) 
I know. Very and well, it's but dicey. she just annoys the shit out of Dre to the point where that's just a killing. Oh, of talk like, about Jesus a comedy Christ, moment. Shut up, girl. Yeah, that talk about like an actual funny comedy <laughs> moment is also the boyfriend that she killed when she like Paris Jackson brings him food and he's like, I asked for a small bread bowl. This is a big bread bowl. There's too much gluten. What am I supposed to do? And I was like, all right. So this is like the white people thing. This is like this guy's complaining about gluten. The other ones are, you know, in their cult at Bonnaroo. Like uh, so perfect. I don't know. And I've never so seen a show satire. like this. So it's so I, satirical. Yeah. It's so people beautiful. From all angles having a problem with it. For me, yeah. it culminated as creative of the now of the zeitgeist so many layers where depending on how much you know about all the different fandoms i don't think it will stop you from enjoying the show it might stop you from enjoying it as much if you don't like get the beyonce references which is kind of i'll tell you that about I, in our little text chain when one of I our know. friends from scariest things was like oh i'm watching okay. it and i was like i don't think you have to know everything about beyonce he's like what are you talking about turns out he was watching a sci-fi series called the swarm <laughs> and not the same show but I was like, oh, that's oh, okay. So yeah, you you don't have Definitely to get Beyonce. I'm going to raise my hand. I know nothing about Beyonce. I don't listen to Beyonce's music. I don't know if gun to my head, I can even name a Beyonce song. No, I know Jackie, nothing about Beyonce. My pearls, Jackie, I'm clutching wait. them. <laughs> Jackie, name a Beyonce song. You can include Destiny's Child. Yeah, we'll Wait, allow. no, Single Ladies. Yeah. That's a Beyonce song, right? Yeah. For fuck's sake, Jackie. I don't I, listen to Beyonce. I, I know, know her. I know who but she last is. Last year, like the biggest song of the year was Cuff It. Was right. Couldn't or like Lemonade you. was so big when that album came out. Yeah, it's so iconic. Like, I know nothing about it. Oh, I love that album. Okay, yeah. fair. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't I for... don't listen to that type of music, so I know nothing about it. So and I oh. know none of the references. <laughs> I know none of the references, and I still really you enjoyed get, the like show. the yeah. sister yeah. and the boyfriend beat you don't in remember the elevator, what jay-z in the elevator yeah and the bite the bite the nothing okay i knew when she it. was walking up to her i did not see the bite coming no so I, I know the way they put that <laughs> in i was like oh my god yeah. like only the, only kind reading of bonbon stuff she's eating and after then it turns out to be like her face yeah only it's reading stuff after the show in preparation for this, did I learn that that actually happened? Oh my yeah, god, that's, that's real. Because how? Yeah, that's I knew so none bizarre. of this. How would you think it's real? And then the fact that they actually think—I don't know if it's allegedly—to go allegedly. from y'all's podcast. Allegedly, <laughs> it was like another celebrity. That, yeah, who bit her? And that's then they the crazy part. Tag that on with the eleven basketball reference. Like, like, oh my fucking that. god! This is this show. Mm-hmm. I think it was that line. That I was like, this might be the greatest show I've ever seen. So yeah, so I, am, I am proof Me too. that everything can go completely over your head, and, and you can, can still enjoy, enjoy the show. It. Yeah, it's a great. It's just so fucking well yeah. done in yeah, my it opinion. Really is. Um, I so okay. Let's get back to the bite real quick because I got to tell you guys, if Taylor Swift walked in here right now, and I'm not saying like I I, I would bite her. I don't. Yes. I don't think I. I bite <laughs> Jackie all the time. I don't understand, <laughs> but I think it's just a little nibble, but. I don't know that I would be cool. I And I'm going to tell, have I ever told the story of when I met Meredith Grey on this show? Because I was embarrassing as fuck. Really? Like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> I met, I, I'm not even that big of a Grey Ellen fan. Pompeo? Yes. <laughs> Ellen okay, Pompeo. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Okay, Ellen Pompeo comes strolling out of okay. uh, the same sh- Broadway show that we were in. The girls are waiting to get the autographs. So I'm like, oh my God, it's, my husband's like, dude, that's, that's Ellen Pompeo. So like the fucking cool, cool, cool ass that I am, I run up and I'm like, oh, and she's like, yeah, but please don't. And somebody who's with her is like, can you not say it loudly? Cause you know, oh. we're trying to not be noticed here. I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love you. I love you. I'm like, I literally so cringy. And again, guys, I don't even love great. Like I like Grace, but I'm not like, oh my God, she's the greatest ever. Why did I act like such a fucking jackass? Like what is wrong with me? So I've I'll seen Christina Yang in public and we didn't say cool? anything, but yeah, no, because okay. we were like, I was at dinner and I was like, you guys, I think that's Sandra. Oh, and someone's like, who? I was like, Christina huh. Yang from Seattle yeah. Grace. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> like it was See, at least she's a teeny tiny person with a giant anatomy. head of gorgeous hair. <laughs> so funny that we both have a Grace Anatomy yes. example. Yes. But what is the chance of it? But yeah, like, and even like when we're at, cons and it's like a dealless mm. person that my husband wouldn't recognize if i paid him money and i'm like <laughs> like i'm yeah. embarrassing so if someone that i truly 
like if Bruce Springsteen walked into my room right now, I might be, yeah, Jersey girl. Um, I, I might take a little, a little bite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do. So I'm just saying, and Jackie, I'm trying to think of like who yours would be. Like who, if they walked in the room, you just might lose it a little. Oh, like I cried when I met Tori Amos. Like, and I was like, I would cry if to me Tori Amos, I would cry too, because I would just want her to think I was cool so bad. But like, we well, I mean, we were at that one con. We were at the con in March, and um, Tim Ball oh, yeah, from cried. Evil from from Dead Alive was oh, right so next to us, and I couldn't talk to him. I couldn't. Like, I and yeah. and I'm like, I'm not like that. I even went way. in for the end for you. Yeah, I went. And it's like I kind of walked up. I did the same thing with Alex Vincent from um the child's play series where it's like i walked up to be hot like say hi and for some reason i'm just like okay <laughs> and then i walk you get away. A, she gets all giggly and Couldn't like boy I, and i don't know why those random celebrities like whatever um i mean fucking andre gower and 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 ryan lambert from monster squad and like ryan lambert who was like the first ever boy girl crush situation like and I mean, we had Andre Gower on the show, and did I cry a little bit? Yeah, um, just a little bit. But then when we got to meet them in person, completely you were cool. normal. You were cool I, about it. Yeah. I actually, and this is like the bucket list thing. It's Ryan Lambert. It's me, and he and I actually have the "What's your favorite dinosaur?" conversation. Like that's something As that, like, that's in normal. my wildest dreams, I, I like would that never one that has the thing, and then it spits on you, like from Jurassic Park. Yeah, like I, I just like quality how? dinosaur. <laughs> How how does that happen? But yeah, I can't talk to to Tim Baum from from Dead Alive because so I don't know. There was something about him, and I was just like, ha ha ha. I mean, I'd also my freak out dinosaur. if I met Beyonce though. But like, I've seen Solange because she lived here, or and I think uh, yeah. she probably still has a place here. Talk about stunning! But she used to be in the quarter all yeah. the time, just like walking around. So cool. So, yeah, because you live somewhere where you probably yeah, like, yeah, like, like when we yeah, like New, New York was the same way. Like you ran yeah. into. But again, like I can list at least five celebrities that if I, like if Stevie I saw Ryder Strong in New York one time, I'd get starstruck. of the Armani Exchange on what Houston Ooh. and Prince. That's pretty cool. There's yeah. Smoking a cigarette. Now I'm like, not. boy oh. meets world heyday. Yeah. I know. Seriously. <laughs> I'd take my shot. I'd take my swing. Um, no, I don't know. I just, I think that it is fair to put these people on a pedestal. Yeah. I think it's something we do. Um, I think some of us are more likely to be ridiculous about it than others. But I also think there is, and here's my hot take, guys. I'm not saying causation, but I'm saying correlation here. I think people with trauma and mental health issues tend to put a little more energy and emotional tethering into fictional characters and celebrities. I would know because I'm guilty of it. Yeah. Like I truly in my head sometimes blur the line. Like these people become my friends. Like what, like Grey's Anatomy is a good example. Mm -hmm. I've watched that show for so long and it's so stupid, but like they're my friends. It's fine. They're, you know, like. I've given up me. now, but I was like, yeah, once Alex left, I was like, Alex would never That's do that. Fun. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I'm done. I tapped out too. It's been, a, it's been a hot minute for me, but I'm, I'm starting all over at the beginning. We'll with my kids, so I'll see I just rewatched it. Yes. Did you really, did you yes. love it? Did it? Yeah. Yes. All right, I'm going to, but I stopped again. Girls. Maggie, her sister is just so, un- we'll have a Grey's Anatomy podcast. That's we, we should have do. a Grey's Anatomy oh podcast. God. If not just to so sit in. around and talk about Grey's Anatomy, but um, I totally agree with that. But I don't know, someone like Beyonce or like how nausea would be. I mean, they're so it's like a level of stardom and a level of talent. And some people argue because some people are like, Beyonce is not talented. She has oh. auto tune or whatever. I'm like, I don't Insane. know. Go yeah. watch that. Was it called Formation? The documentary mm-hmm. about her preparing the two nights yeah. in Coachella when she did do them after she had to postpone because she was pregnant with twins and bitch yeah. comes back after having babies like six months and then is putting in 12 hour days nonstop. Like, yeah. Doing a fucking goddess. Yeah. A regular person could never do like she's an athlete and mm-hmm. having to sing and do everything at the same time. Like go watch that and then tell me Beyonce is not above. You don't Agreed. like her music, but you have to acknowledge yeah. her. Yeah, work and ethic you also and have to know that she, like, I, I know enough about her to know that she's also been working for this. Yeah. Since she was life. like 10, 11 years old. Like, it's not like she, you know, got stuff handed to her, like, okay, not you're a celebrity, go. Right. Like, she has been busting her ass since she was a child in various music groups to get where she is today. So it's like she has earned everything she's gotten. 
Yeah. Correct. All right. Can I super spoiler uh, spoiler swarm? And can we talk about the reveal when? Okay. Yes. So the whole season's leading up to we know that Dre is like busted getting on stage at a nausea concert like because they refer to it in the fake documentary where they actually I think say it was Beyonce and mm-hmm. things and so at the end of the show nausea turns around and kind of takes Dre and is like stay back security and it's her sister Marissa's face if they had Ooh. put Beyonce in that I would have been like no show will ever be as good as this like if they I agree. have gotten Beyonce, Beyonce's I would have Me too. I would have lost but my mind. I get why they did Marissa because they're, mm-hmm. you know, that's more part of her mental illness and her like obsession with her and Marissa's bond over this singer and putting her face on it, you know, just as a other layer. But what did y'all think of that? Because I, it kind of, I had to double take of like, why are they doing that? And I kind of had to, I guess, draw my own conclusions and not really. I didn't like I didn't that it. ending. Like, I didn't like the way that they ended it like that. Um, I mean, I like, again, like the ambiguity of mm-hmm. the ending because it's like, we, you know, we know that Dre kills her girlfriend. Right. And, you know, it, that's that moment. And then it's like, you know, she goes to the concert, but she doesn't have the tickets. And then she finds a scalper and then she kills a scalper. And it's like, at what moment is reality done with? And we're now in this, you know, she bum rushes the stage, but she's, you know, held off. And Mm -hmm. then it's, it's Marissa's face and it's, it's, you know, oh, let's hug. Let's come back to the car with me and snuggle and the whole, and it's like, I don't know. I I didn't, I personally didn't like the ending. It fell kind of flat for me when we went down that avenue, but at the same time going down that avenue made total sense. Like it, it, it makes sense that we end up in this delusion of Dre's because we've kind of been riding along the whole time with her. So while I didn't love it, I understood it. I appreciated that that's how they did hmm. it. Because also, like, how else do we end this? I was kind of wondering, like, it almost made me think of the movie Saint Maud. Have you guys seen that? Where at the mm-hmm. ending, yeah. she thinks she's in this like warm yes. embrace yeah. of the Lord, and everybody on the I beach really is staring like... at someone who has just like self-immolated themselves. So I was right. almost thinking. <laughs> Like, okay, if the uh, if somehow they had done like at the concert, you know, they have like the jumbotrons, like her getting tackled by security or something and like drug off stage. But at the other time we're seeing through Dre's face, oh, no, I'm getting in the limo with nausea and going to have, have like dinner at her house because that's what she thought was going to happen. She's like, if we right. meet her, we're going to get invited to her house. We're going yeah. to go eat dinner at nausea. So, yeah, it, it was yeah. weird, but I wanted to like see it from both sides to see. Yeah. Yeah. This is Dre's inner yeah, dialogue I, of what's happening right. versus reality. And, correct. And I, I didn't love the ending. I have to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I wanted, I don't know. I think, yeah, it, it kind of brought up the question for me of, okay, well, is Marissa's death what really sparked this spree or was she always capable of this kind of level? Had she killed anybody else? Like, I know they showed the stuff from childhood, but we don't know. I mean, that was like a murder, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and did that girl have it coming? Um, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, I didn't. And oh my God, had it either been Beyonce's face or they would have somehow made it like a little neater or something? Oh my God, even, I would have lost like, my mind. Yeah, yeah. I would have lost my mind. I wonder if Beyonce I like even... acknowledges this show. Like, I'm dying to see what know. her take on this is. I would love to see, like, in my wildest dreams, I'd love to ask Beyonce what she thinks yeah. it's for. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jay-Z, how do you feel about being yeah, real quick? Cachet. Yeah. <laughs> cachet was cachet. a great. Yeah. I loved it being making fun of him because I love the idea that Jay-Z becomes like the bitch in that relationship. Yeah. And yeah. I, I feel like he has. And I love that because, I mean, listen, I, I love Jay-Z probably more than the average bear. But like, I still listen to old Jay-Z like it's my job. But I... um. You know, I, I love the idea that he's somehow emasculated by it all. Um, so funny. That whole episode yeah. about her trying to get the pass to the was concert so funny. and like yeah. the guy who's like, that guy was so nice and junk food anymore. Yeah. yeah. Is also oh fueled by a diet of like potato chips. <laughs> yeah. And I maybe she struck too close to home for me between her yeah. love of junk food, 
her bad uh, attempts at stripping, which was exactly yes. if I oh ever tried God, it. it was so there funny. were so many things about her that struck close to home for me. Like I, I also <laughs> love, but I love like the way they would turn things. Like when she's going in to kill Reggie, she's got the group of strippers waiting in the car because she like, <laughs> didn't get her opportunity. So she's like, I'll be right back. I got, I left my phone or something inside. And then they walk in. She's trying to murder this dude. He's trying to defend him. himself. And they jump him because they're like, love we're it. trying to kill. Yeah, mm-hmm. love oh, it. Oh, my God. And then and then like she the leaves all the strippers. She gets pulled over by. <laughs> you think that's going to be some kind of racial yeah, thing? Yeah, racial car- thing. The seat is covered in blood. He's mm-hmm. like a Tennessee cop pulling over a black girl driving in a car like with a expired tag or something yeah it does it, it not in her way. name really yeah, and like, it, like I mean, it goes a little protecting bit. her kind yeah. of like yeah it, it's so fucking great god this i think i get all yeah. excited i'm like this yeah. show's so fucking good yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that's yeah. all we can be like donald glover like why are you so awesome like the chris farley yeah. show when he interviews yeah. paul mccartney like remember that time you were in the beatles why yeah. are you so awesome that yeah, would be me so. if i met like donald glover oh yeah. god same yeah. yeah remember remember when you made swarm yeah remember when that you was, made Swarm? that, that was, was cool. awesome that was really cool <laughs> that was awesome and then that would be it that so would be our experience meeting yeah. him yeah that would just be us <laughs> meeting him like hey remember like, run away do you remember swarm yeah, yeah. Swarm, really cool. it was awesome so you cool. guys would still be the least cringy thing because i would be like <laughs> Donald Glover behind us like awkwardly <laughs> like i meet celebrities and suddenly i have no ability to control my tone my volume my any like just anything normative so that's exciting oh my gosh oh i'm so cringy um yeah no th- so so liz williams thank you yes. so much for joining us thank Absolutely. you so much for recommending this I'm going to need something new to watch now. So feel free to hit me with some rest. Stand in for swarm. I don't know. I'm going to be like, just watch it again. Or really watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's more cringy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you for joining us for this. Guys, if you want to hear more from Liz, she is on the Scariest Things podcast. They have an amazing blog, an amazing site. They write so many awesome articles as well as having this amazing podcast, which will give you so many good movie recommendations to watch mm-hmm. that I can't keep them all straight. I have to like pull over and write them down while I'm listening. <laughs> um, so thank you for all you do. And thanks for collaborating with us on this. You might uh, remember Liz from our March Madness, everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and anything else, you guys? I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, That's me neither. It. Watch Jackie? Swarm. Yeah, yeah, go guys, watch Swarm. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Go watch Swarm. Yeah. And like I said, you don't have to understand any of the references no. to enjoy it because apparently no. everything went straight over my head and I got hooked. I got absolutely hooked. I was worried. So yeah. 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 Were you worried? Yeah. I was stressing. I was stressing if you were going to like it. Yeah, um, no, it turned out. It, it really did. Like I said, like I, I wasn't a huge fan in the beginning. I liked it enough to keep going. And then episode three ended and I was like, I'll, you know, I'll finish it. It's not a priority, whatever. And then with a little encouragement from my Marissa here, I was like, all right, I'm going to watch episode four. We'll see what happens. And from like mid episode of episode four, I was like, okay, yes. Okay. All of this. I want it. I was and in like from I said, the end of episode one, once Khalid yeah. gets taken out, I was like, oh, I'm in. All right. Yeah, me too. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Same. See, and and God. No, I was going to say, like, I, I will admit that in the beginning watching it, I thought that Dre had killed Marissa. I thought that yeah. this was going to be a whole, like, if I can't have you, no one can mm. um, situation. And like, you know, obviously we could see that there's some like mental illness. And I'm like, Did, is it like a dissociation? She didn't remember. Like, and I, it, it kind of went in a completely di- different direction that I thought it was going to. Um, and happily so, like I said, because I ended up like, you know, like I said, mid, mid episode four, like it hooked me. And then I spent the rest of the time at work with this on and I just, I binged the rest of the episodes so happily. And the detective <laughs> episode was just, uh, so good. it's so it, the good. writing is so good. And the story yep. is just, uh, I can't, can't, yeah, I'm just going to go, yeah, go watch it. Everybody go watch it. Go watch it. <laughs> thing. Well, yeah, obviously it's no pressure, point, but yes. you know, yeah. this is probably my runner, my top runner right now for best of the year. So I'm going to need you to I keep coming with these 100% agree with you. I yeah. gave it five stars the second I saw it. And, I uh, I said it's the future of horror because to me, like, that's what it is. And people get mad when I put, like, TV shows on my best movies. I was like, it's a three and a half hour movie. Get over yeah. it, people. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. TV is the future. Going on my Everything, best of the year. It's best yeah. of the year. I can't yeah. think of something that will be better than it yet. Hands down. Agreed. Yeah, yep. Right, so far, this is. Through. 
let's go. We got plenty of time to prove yeah, me wrong. Please, um, Hollywood, give me something better. Seriously. Because um, so far I've been underwhelmed with yeah. the horror of this yeah. year. Um, There's some good I'm, stuff I'm, coming now. Yeah, there yeah. are some good things coming down the pike. But yeah. All right, Jackie, you ready? Okay. So we hope you guys have enjoyed again. If you haven't watched Swarm at this point, it's all been spoiled. But still, that's, regardless, that's you. go watch, watch it. Go Even now that you know everything, you have to go watch it to really just absorb it. Love it like we did. Uh, again, Liz, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. All of the links for Scariest Things will be in our show notes. And don't forget to check us out on your favorite podcasting app on Facebook and Instagram and all the socials. Just search for Jersey Ghouls and you will find us there. That's right. Thanks for having me. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 